Hey there and welcome to the Duncan Pentecostal Church podcast streaming from Vancouver Island here in Canada. And however you have found our podcast, we're so glad you're here. Before we jump into today's message, just a couple things I want to let you know. If you go to our website, www.duncanchurch.com, you're going to find a couple easy ways where you can connect with us. We have an online connect card you can fill out. Maybe let us know where you're listening from and check off the option to receive our what's happening email we send this out once a week it's a great way to stay connected with everything that's going on here at the church and even online apart from that there is a give button so if you're feeling led you can do that right online through our website you can also find us on facebook and youtube we are so glad you're tuning in and we are believing that god's going to do something special in you through today's message enjoy This Sunday morning, um, I'm going to invite Carline to come up. Carline Nagtigal, some of you know Carline. Uh, she is a mother in our church, and on Mother's Day and Father's Day, come on up, Carline. Uh, we like to do something called Story Sunday, where we hear a bit of the story of our moms and of our, of course, on Father's Day, our dads. And so um, I met this past week with Carline and uh, just kind of heard some of her story, and you are going to be blessed and challenged. Um, you may need some Kleenex around you, perhaps, uh, at some point, but... Uh, I'll need some too. You might need some too. Yeah, yeah I'll get some over here. We'll be right ready to go. Oh, thank you. I'll just give that to you. And you can... um, but uh, yeah, just we, we love to hear, sometimes it's just hearing their story. Sometimes it's hearing specifically their mothering story and kind of, of how that all kind of came about and, and how God worked in that. And so we're going to just give Carline uh, an opportunity this morning to share. I'm going to kind of ask her some questions and we'll let her kind of go where she feels led as well, but um, we want to start just by asking simply, you know, as a child, obviously, uh, you, you had a dream of, of being a parent, of motherhood, and um, what, what, was, what did it kind of look like, some of your childhood dreams, perhaps, of being a mother? Well, some of my childhood dreams of being a mother was to have lots of children. I wanted 11 or something like that. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> that did not happen, not 11, um, and I was praying and praying for a spirit-filled farm boy, which I, which I got, so um, yeah, that has been my dream, lots of kids, and to run a farm, so. So, okay, so how did, how did, how did it get started for you then, your, uh, your mothering journey, um, because this is, this, it wasn't, you know, quick, and it wasn't like you had your 11 children right away. No. So we still got time, you've got four now. Yes. So seven more to come, obviously. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so how did, how, did, how did you get started? with? Uh, obviously, we know you have, you have Lisa and Kaylee. Yes. That were naturally born. So Mark and I got married in 2002, so almost 21 years ago. Um, and uh, we were married for six months, and then we thought, well, let's, let's have a family. I had a big plans, and so... Um, yeah, we just started trying for kids, and one month went by, two months went by, three months went by, four months went by. Um, I've always had a fear that I couldn't have kids, and it was actually starting to happen. So um, went through many tests, even at a young age. Um, they took it quite serious, Mark and myself. Um, and... Uh, Year one happened, year two happened, year three happened. Um, we, yeah, we got some 
procedures done, both of us, and it was a really, really, really hard time. Um, I used to actually almost hate Mother's Day at church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to me, this is just a testimony of God's faithfulness of his story in my life. But I used to like just cringe when they would pass out the little teacup with a flower in it or something like, <laughs> like that was so typical. But um, and uh, just the the pain of not being able to have a mom was really or not have a mom, be a mom. Um, super painful and they kept saying we don't know why we don't know why so it was a really really hard season very yeah. painful some lessons maybe that you learned kind of during that perhaps that time yeah of fertility. yeah lessons like um to never come up to a couple and say so when are you gonna have kids like <laughs> don't do that <laughs> like ever <laughs> um and uh and just don't assume their story um you know don't i had so many people that were meaning well it's just like don't think about it or just relax go on a holiday it's like yeah that's not mm. really you know it just <laughs> that's not really gonna work and um yeah i guess just learn to be sensitive to everyone's situation don't don't try and over encourage because it can actually be kind of discouraging Right. Yeah. It's actually a general lesson. It's just don't ask when someone's going to have a baby. Yeah, Because absolutely. they might not be pregnant. No. And you might say also, when yeah. you do, and you don't want to ask that either. So, no, no, um, definitely So don't, just not. don't ask. Don't ask. Don't yeah. ask. Um, but right. you guys, obviously, eventually. Yeah, so then um, four years later, I got pregnant with Lisa. And that was totally out of the blue. They... We had no reason why we couldn't, apparently, but it was not happening at all. And then all of a sudden, it did. So that was a very, very, very exciting day. So, so okay, so you got pregnant, hooray. Everything's yeah. great. Everything's good, right? <laughs> Everything was really nauseous, actually. Super bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, really bad. Um, so I was like, oh, this is what it is. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so that was so brutal. Um, living on a dairy farm did not help. Um, and, uh, yep. And so that was, that was really, really rough. Um, and then, yeah, we moved to the, the farm that we are on now. So I was kind of on track, four years behind, but on track for my dream, sort of. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so you just got pregnant, um, and then you had Lisa? No. Well, I did. Well, yes. <laughs> Of course. Well, I did, but uh, yeah, the there was a bit of a twist in my plot. Um, so we had moved to the farm in in April that year, 2006, um, and by May, the very beginning of May, I was like, hmm, I don't, I feel a little funny, but I I wasn't really sure why. So um, I phoned my midwife and I said, I don't feel very good. Like my stomach feels funny. Um, and then she's like, oh, just relax. It's probably just, which I'd heard before. But um, I'm like, no, this something feels funny. So, you know, I waited out at home for about an hour and a half. And then um, I phoned her again, and I'm like, no, something is kind of odd. Um, like, I just thought maybe it's air. I had no idea what was going on in my stomach. So I was very new to all of this. And... Um, and so I went off to CDH, and we uh, had one vehicle, I think, at that time. So Mark just dropped me off at Couch and District um, and went off to his job. 
And so it was kind of pre-cell phone age. So um, I, uh, I just told my parents, you know, I'm just going to go get checked out. I'm sure it's fine. Come pick me up in an hour. <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't good, actually, at all. Um, I went in, and they were like, okay, you know, we're just going to do the stress test. They're trying to be all relaxed. And then about maybe five minutes after the stress test, they come rushing in, and they're like, we're going to take you to Cranbrook, Penticton, or Victoria, or Seattle. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, what? I'm like, why? And she's like, you are in labor, and you're 28 weeks. And, um, and that was just, I was like, what? I thought, oh, my goodness, Mark dropped me off. I have no idea where he is. My parents weren't even here, and they were just getting everything ready on the bed. And then at the last minute, I was just like, oh, I don't want to go to <laughs> where all those other places are. I'm like, what? And they were going pretty fast. And, um, and then at the very last minute, um, Victoria opened up. Oh. And so I got ambulanced to Victoria without a siren or anything. And then they just said, if anything changes, let me know. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was totally in shock. And my first thought was, I don't even have diapers. Like, I like a plan. And I'm like, no. And um, anyway, and then um, I was in the ambulance on the Malahat. And I thought, mm, no, this isn't good. I, I feel like I have to push. So they just went, wah. So they put the siren on. That's when I started to get scared. Um, and we went right to um, Victoria General. And they were able to come, like, they were, I didn't go into active labor. I got there, and this doctor comes flying in and then says, your baby may have cerebral palsy, may be blind, may be deaf. And I'm just, like, laying there. My parents hadn't, or my parents just had arrived at the moment that she was just, like, wow. I, it was a reality check, but it was also probably not the best way to scare a mom like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so I just was, like, ugh. And so she left and then um, just left me laying on the table. And then my mom comes in, you know, and she's like, in Jesus' name, she's like, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen, but we know who's holding it in this situation. Right. Like, it was just this beautiful speak life over this, um, And then, yeah, I, I, God is so amazing. It stopped. And so, um, yeah, it stopped, thankfully. Stopped, but. But. <laughs> but you're, you're 28 <laughs> but it, weeks. 28 and weeks, yeah. Labor, and, they, and so what Yeah, next? and so then they just said, you have to stay here for three weeks on very strict bed rest. Um, I was allowed to go to the bathroom, and that was it. So I drank a lot of water. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, did, uh, they did give me a tour of the NICU ward, and that really did help, too. Like it's, Scared it's you. Absolutely, yeah, scared me in a good way. I think that was their point in a way to show the seriousness of my situation. Um, so I did three weeks in um, Victoria General, and Mark did eventually find out where I was. He went to the wrong hospital. Oh, so after three yeah. weeks, Mark showed up? No, not after three oh, okay. weeks, sorry. <laughs> 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 sorry. No, it was the day I went into the hospital. He didn't even know they came running out. Um, running out to him on the tractor, and they're like, Carlin's in labor. And he's like, what? So then he went to actually the wrong hospital, and then we found the oh, hospital no. I was in. It was just chaos. Um, but yeah, I stayed at Vic General for three weeks, and then um, it was still pretty stable, but not great. Um, the head was engaged. Just everything was ready to roll. And so, um, but they did find out I had two nurses in my family, and then right. they had agreed to, like, constant care, so I had around the clock um, when Mark was working 
I had constant care. So um, we so were, you got to go home after three weeks? After three weeks. Because you had strict, two nurses yes, in the family. Yes, strict bed rest. Um, and then the whole church community just came. Like We were a part of the um, Duncan Christian Reformed Church at the time. And they were amazing. It was a beautiful time of just like someone always there, sometimes meals. Yeah. Was it was that as well the time with the... Yeah, I did have someone practice their penny whistle. That was a little bit tricky. <laughs> I think I, everyone was just coming to waste a little bit of time on Carline. So <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> waste time on Carline. Yeah, eh? a little That's bit. <laughs> Make sure she's okay, but... <laughs> Yeah, that was a little rough. So, you know, during that season, was there any kind of, you know, lessons once again that you kind of learned through that whole situation um, of just kind of coping with bed rest? Like, even at home, so you had three weeks in the hospital where you can't do anything but go to the bathroom. Yeah. Same story at home. You can't leave your bed again. Not at all, which was way harder. And I'm a very active person. Like, I don't sit down very good. So that was the hardest thing ever. I much prefer being the helper rather than have someone always wait on me. I had a really hard time with that. But I had to learn to accept help and, um, and to be okay with just sitting and just being. I did get to meet with a lot of people, so that was nice for you my extrovert heart. You didn't take up the penny whistle yourself, though. Pardon? You didn't take up the penny whistle yourself. No, no. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> so, okay, so then you uh, eventually did give birth? Yes. Um, and... Uh, well, that was birth. That wasn't overly pleasant. But anyway, Lisa, <laughs> Lisa did come into the world, and, uh, and that was a very exciting day. Awesome. Yeah. So after that, you wanted, you're on your way to your 11. You've got one down. Yes, I do. I have, I have so you, uh, you got pregnant again. Yeah, so that was, um, so anyway, so we were so excited, and we were like, I wonder what our story will be now, because why did we conceive, and you know, why did we not before? And so um, soon after we had Lisa, we just thought, well, you know, we'll just see. And and I did get pregnant, and that was just shocking. I'm like, wow, this is almost normal. Our babies will be two years apart. Um, and then I lost it. Mm. And that was a really hard time because I knew it wasn't like, oh, well, we can just try again. No. Mm. No. So mm. a year later, I got pregnant with Kaylee. So that was exciting. Awesome. And mm. then again, so this was an easy pregnancy? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 so then, so this dream of mine of having 11 children was slowly crashing. I just didn't <laughs> want to admit that. Um, but anyway, so we got pregnant with Kaylee, and that was so exciting. And I went for my 20-week ultrasound and that was okay. I didn't get a call right away. So I'm like, oh, this is good. And then I went, when was that? A 24-week checkup. I went to the specialist, which I was now with a specialist as well as a midwife. And, um, and she looks at me and she's like, it's happening again. And I said, what? And then she said, you're 24 weeks. The baby's ready to roll. And um, she said, you have to go back to bed. And I had a three-year-old, and we had a dairy farm, and I was just like, what? I just, Mm. like, it was torture for me. It it truly was. Like, it was this weird emotion of excitement that we're having another child. But I knew what was ahead this time, um, and it was awful. I remember walking, so I, I drove myself home totally in shock. I did feel like there was maybe something going on, but I didn't want to admit that to myself. And then... Um, I walked down to Mark, who was milking the cows, 
And I just started crying. And I just mm. said, it's happened again, in a sense, goodbye. I remember looking around, thinking, oh, because I just love farming too. And, uh, and then I just looked around, and then I walked up to the house, wow. knowing that that was my last time. So that was, I think, May 25 or something like that. And I did not get out of bed until August 6th. So it was, uh, it was a super hard time. It was wow. really hard. Um, I did have three, no, two weeks of um, hospitalization in that just to kind of make sure. And that was just at CDH this time, which was really nice. I missed Lisa's third birthday. I was in the hospital. But, hmm. um, yeah, those were hard times, like really hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so obviously um, after, after, you obviously had Kaylee, and then doctors are what are they saying? Yeah, well, I hemorrhaged really extremely bad after Kaylee. Um, so I just felt like my even just my physical body was exhausted. Um, when <laughs> after almost like three months, my legs were like little poles. Like it, I had no muscle. I had to like almost like rehabilitation. Wow. Like it was yeah. just brutal. Just but from anyway, the bed rest for yeah, that long. Yeah. Not, yeah, and I got off at 36 weeks and I had Kaylee at 37. And so it was like only a week of trying to gain your strength before going into labor. So, yeah, it was really hard. Wow. It was really hard. And so the doctors at this point, though, are probably, you know. Yeah, I went to, um, so Kaylee was eight weeks old, and uh, they just said to me, Carline, you, you can't have any more children. So they said I really have to look at the cost, and you have two beautiful girls, which I do, mm. but um, I had such a desire to have more children, but why was my, like, why the miscarriage, why all the complications, and, you know, everyone has their beautiful pregnancy photos. <laughs> I have one that I'm like, eh. <laughs> like, I stood up. <laughs> I, was too, I was scared to sneeze in my pregnancies, Wow. And, and it was just like, why is my story, why is my story like that? Hmm. Like, that just didn't feel fair. Like, why would you give me these desires and then have me walk through all of that pain? Mm-hmm. It was really hard, whether it be infertility and have still no reason why. And then all the complications. And yeah, yeah. So how did you deal with all that disappointment then? Like- <sighs> I clung to God. Um, and I just... I really love a lot of worship music, and um, that was the time to really just let go of your preconceived ideas of of life and what you think that it's going to be, and truly um, trust in God. Like, um, I don't know, I think in pain, you draw closer. It's a choice, um, but yeah, that was, that was hard, but um, yeah. I think it just rested in him. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got your two daughters, and yep. um, things are kind of progressing. You've got your little family that you guys are yep. starting and building. Um, yeah. <laughs> and well, then there's an idea that actually one it, of your kids had. Yeah. So I had I had come full circle. I had now come to this place of okay, my story is two kids. Like okay, you know, it's kind of like they're getting a little bit older, and it's getting a little bit easier. And then I tucked Kaylee into bed at three years old, three and a little bit. And she's like, Mom. And I'm like, what? And then she's like, can we adopt? And I'm like, uh, 
I didn't even know she knew what that word meant. And I'm like, um, how come? She's like, because we need to. And then I'm like, oh? <laughs> and I said, that's a really big deal. Like, that's a really big deal. She's like, yep. And I said, well, I have to talk to dad about that. And, and I have to talk to God about that. And then she's like, okay. <laughs> so I kind of walked out of her bedroom that night going, what was that? Like, hmm. what was that? So that's how it all got started. And obviously, so, so now you're ready to adopt. Uh, not really. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but there's yeah. obviously some fears and like thoughts and processing. What, kind of what did totally. that all look like? So I had known just some um, adoptions growing up that was really hard. So I remembered the story of the, some of those. So I was quite scared to adopt. Um, just of the unknowns and... Um, yeah, I was very fearful. I'd also now kind of figured out two kids. And so I <laughs> was kind of like, okay, we got this. And now all of a sudden another, you know, just something different. Um, and then just, yeah, not even, it was such a big scope. Is it local? Is it international? Is it? Like, I just didn't know. Um, but then God really started working in our hearts. We did um, this radical series by David Platt. And that was when it first started to kind of, tinge in my heart, like just a little nudge. Um, they were, they had like this section on adoption and foster care. And, um, and then I was like, Oh, <laughs> and then I was like, I recognize something. And, and again, um, something was stirred within Mark and I, and so, so how did the process kind of get started? And, um, how long was it, you know, what was the waiting Ooh. season like all that um, kind of stuff? Yeah. Lots of waiting with me. A lot with children, then having children, and then adopting to one of the hardest countries that you can. Right. So, um, waiting has been my thing. That's been really hard. Um, but anyway, so I phoned. So anyway, we were trying to figure out where, and then we really felt God was just placing Haiti in our path quite a bit. And so I thought, oh. So I found out there was two agencies that um, that. Ad- that Haiti would even deal with. Um, they can be just quite choosy, which is good though. And so I looked at the two options and I thought, well, that's a nice name. So I picked, I picked the agency Sunrise and I phoned and I just said, hello, my name is Carline. Um, I was just, I just, I said, you know, my husband and I and our two girls would really like to adopt from Haiti. Can you help me get started? And her response? <laughs> Her response is, okay, um, did you know you have to be over 19? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I'm 33. Where do- <laughs> oh, that's why I try not to do too much over the telephone. <laughs> so they thought you were a teenager, but yes. a teenager that wants to adopt from Haiti. Yes, that's right. Oh my goodness, that was pretty funny. So, so it was, it it was a long wait, though. Yeah. So then the process, like every country, is different. Um, Haiti is a very difficult country to adopt from, just because the political climate is just really rough. So, um, our process was we meet with the agency, and then um, they kind of meet you and. You have to get approved, obviously. They ask you, and then you have to do your home study, which ours took about a year. 
and then Haiti requires like a whole bunch of things. It's every country is specific in their requirements for your dossier, which is just your stack of information. Yeah. But it wasn't just a year waiting. Oh no, no. Um, <clears throat> bed rest felt like nothing after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, after this, so our file in Haiti was placed in August 16, 2014. Is that right? 2015. I think it was, no, 2016, sorry. <laughs> 2016, that's it. Yeah. Is that right, Mark? I think so. 2016, August, yeah. He was in the tractor. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yep, it so, sat so there. So 2016. Mm-hmm. And 2017, mm -hmm. and 2018, mm -hmm. 2019. And then stop. Okay. Because that is where um, we got a call three years in. And um, this, was, this was exciting, but kind of really tough. And I didn't think this was actually um, a thing, but it is a thing. Even in your adoption journey, things can kind of twist. Um, we got a call saying, you know, guys, I know your file says, you know, accept siblings, a single or a sibling, zero to three. Um, and, uh, but there is this opportunity for your family. Um, there's, there's a baby, which is very uncommon in Haiti to adopt a baby. There's a baby and then an older brother and a younger sister. Um, and, uh, and we're like, what? And she's like, so I want you guys to go and meet and to um, meet with Sunrise, change your dossier to match it, then they can match it. Um, and so we were so excited. We were only like three years in, <laughs> and um, this was a potential match, and we were very excited. And then we didn't hear anything. We changed our files. We did the fees to do that and all this stuff, and then we didn't hear anything, and I thought that was odd. And then a couple months later, we get a phone call and said, Carlin and Mark, we are so sorry. The baby has died. Um, and I was just like, what? The baby died. Like, that's just so sad. Mm. Um, for no other reason than just poverty. So, uh, and would we still be interested? Oh, I can't believe that I say it like that, but would we be willing to um, adopt the son and the, and the daughter? Were they still sketchy on ages, but they were five and under? And we said, yes, of course we will. Like, of course. And then it was like sounding like it was going to happen. Um, and then nothing, nothing. I phoned and I'm like, is there anything happening? 11 months later, hmm. we found that they were taken out of the system. So for 11 months, we had no idea. So after that, you're like, okay, I had a miscarriage. Now I've had an adoption miscarriage because that's like an actual thing. Like you, hmm. you hope, you hold, and then that's taken away too. And I'm like, God, what are you doing to my heart? Like, what are you doing? That it was really hard. It was yeah. so hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So more waiting, and then um, you guys are moving forward with your farm and your <laughs> business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you don't know, Mark and Carline uh, run, well, they have a large dairy farm, but also a Promise Valley farm, which is, they sell uh, eggs and yogurt and yeah. all kinds of things like that. And, um, and so you guys are kind of in that <laughs> stage of, okay, here we go. This business is kind of going to get yeah. going. And yeah. And what's going on with that? And what's, you know, and you're still, this adoption thing has been now years. Yeah. So now we're um, almost five years into the wait. Um, and we're starting to notice that our business plan is also kind of coming around, like, 
forming up, and I thought, oh, oh, <laughs> this is getting a little close for comfort. <laughs> and um, anyway, and then we got a call um, December 2020 um, and said, okay, Haiti has a file. They want to, f- they want to start going with this. And I'm like, oh. And then they said, but it's just one. And I'm like, oh, we took single adoption off because we felt really passionate that it was two. And so, um, and and then I should jump back a little bit. Been, yeah, I was yeah, going to say that. The, the dream was super cool. So God is so faithful, even in the painful waiting times. Um, he would give scripture or someone would say just something so encouraging. Um, but it was the dreams that were given to our family that was so beautiful. So Lisa, we were, so it must have been after that almost match. Um, Lisa had had a dream and she woke up and she's like, well, mom, I had a dream. And I said, oh, that's cool. And then she said, it was a God dream. And she's like, we had a, we adopted and it was a boy and a girl. And she goes, and I remember the boy had a blue collared shirt. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And it just was, just gave us hope in the wait because we had no idea what was happening and how long or how long we still had to go. And then I would say a couple months later, a little bit later, Kaylee also had a dream of two children. Hmm. And so I thought, wow. And it was a boy and a girl. And I thought, oh, Hmm. you know, you kind of, at this point, I was kind of scared to get excited. But then I was like, oh. Like, okay, God, we're going to hold on to that. Um, and so anyway, so then we got a file, and then it said, oh, but it's only for a single. Do you still want to go forward? And then I thought, but that doesn't make sense. And so um, so that was in the afternoon, and she says, just let me know by the morning. I'm like, oh, that's nice. So <laughs> so I talked to the fam- we talked as a family, and, and Lisa's like, no, I really feel it's two. And so I, and then Kaylee and I had both come to the point where we're like, maybe we just need to have our hands open and just, you know, just receive whatever God has for us. And Lisa was just adamant that it's two. And so I'm like, okay. So I phone the agency the next morning and I say, "Um, can you, I'm not saying no, because they warned us about saying no in Haiti because you could just go to the back of the line. Like, and I understood that because it takes forever to get to that. Point. So if you say no, you could be we don't waiting know. another five years. Yeah. To, who knows? yeah, exactly. So I didn't want to say no, but I just said, can you, can you please just double check that, um, that it's, that it isn't a double like as siblings. And so she's like, yeah, okay, I will. And then I get an email saying, yes, Carline, you were right. They got the files mixed up. There's two, it's a boy and a girl. <laughs> <laughs> So we just started laughing and just God is so faithful. That was an unexpected little twist there, but but um, that was a very very exciting day. Yeah. So I, okay, I don't want to jump too far out of line, but um, you mentioned as well just kind of what God spoke to you. Um, I don't want to. Is that ahead of kind of like at our New Year service? You felt God spoke to you a word, but also the actual the actual kind of timing. I think that's after all of this. The yeah. timing of when. Okay. So. So go ahead and you share. It's your story. So you know the timeline better than I do. Okay. So once we got the match, it was still close to a year to get all the files. Haiti is, and now in particular now, is politically really, really a mess. And so to get anything um, sorted out at embassies was very, very, very dangerous. To get the children to places was very, very dangerous. Um, And uh, anyway, so it took about a year. And then... um, so we got the match January 8, 2021, and then, um, yes, and then in January 
2022, we had our New Year's service here. And so, is that right? Yeah, you, yeah. New Year's. Yeah. yeah. And so you had done this thing of, of listening prayer and asking God what he has for this year. And I kind of, we were kind of figuring out that it's going to be very soon to go pick up our children it's also going to be very soon that our business is opening. Right. So that was a bit of a panic feeling, wondering how this is all working out. But God had proven so many times that this was, this was a, of him, both of these things. And so, um, and then I wrote, and we had this quiet time, and then I just heard so clearly, so clearly, I am with you in the storm. And then I, I wrote it in my journal, and then I thought, Storm. I'm like, I should be more focused on the I am with you part, but I didn't. I was like, storm, oh no. I'm like, I've already been through so much storms, so many storms. But I was like, oh boy. And then it was just the word very strongly, courage. And oh. then I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So then you guys are, then you are getting your business off the ground. Oh, yes. Yes. And then you, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of knowing there's a storm coming. God's yep. warned you. Yeah. Um, so the business is kind of getting started and you're waiting to when you, you know you have kids. Actually, have you had an opportunity yet even to meet yeah, them? Yeah, we met them over like online. Oh, right. Yeah. We met them online um, and our very, very first Zoom, um, you know, we're like, hi, hi. And they were like, oh. They, they didn't know. So it was very different. We were supposed to fly to Haiti, but Haiti was too dangerous. And then also all the COVID stuff. It was stuff. also COVID. COVID stuff. Yeah. So they, our first introduction was online, which was kind of impersonal. And again, not at all what I had dreamed of for this long. It was like, oh, this is weird. Um, and anyway, so we said goodbye and kind of met them. And I drove the girls back to school and I sat on the couch and I'm just like, wow, that was so surreal to meet the children we've been waiting so long for. Then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Shay Momo had a blue collared shirt on. And that was a very, very special thing for our family. Yeah. So the dream, Lisa had had the dream, or was it Lisa, I think? That Lisa, had the, yeah. These, yeah, the two kids, and yeah. this one had a blue collared shirt. Yeah, so I, I did take a screenshot of that picture. And so now it's just a good reminder that God is faithful to everything that he says, although it's going to look very different. But he's so faithful. Right. And so then eventually you, you're still waiting, though. When can we get our kids? Oh, yes. So um, we got our, <clears throat> our plant um, approved by the um, BCCDC December 7th. And as we were taking a break from that very long thing, I look at my phone. It says, congratulations, Mark and Caroline. Laura and Shimo Wiel have become Canadian citizens. And I'm like, uh-oh. This is right in the moments of <laughs> We're getting this approved big, for our business like plan and we can open up. And now it's like we can probably pick up our kids in two months' time. Were they actually even at the farm or something doing stuff? Did yeah, you yeah, yeah, we were, were in the meeting. There, in, in the, the meeting. meeting. And I these, looked yeah. down and I'm like, oh, oh. And she gets this message. <laughs> that was very stressful. You know it's, yeah. but so your, your business crazy. is about to open up. Crazy. And your yeah. children are about to come yeah. from Haiti. Yes. Um, but you can't go to Haiti to get them. Nope. So you have to... No, so that so we did get all the paperwork done, which was really hard to do, but we got it done. And then um, Haiti was just very dangerous, so our children were saying, can you please get... Um, there was an opportunity to have Laura and Shimomo escorted to Miami to, um, to go there because it's safer. And this was when all the COVID stuff, you have to get tests every time you go somewhere. And so just the likelihood of, you know... 
things getting complicated. So we said yes, and so um, we got them brought to Miami Airport, and um, that was very special seeing them. So you, you get to finally in person. Yes. Uh, you had other Zoom meetings, of course, in the yes. meantime with your children. Yeah, they knew what was happening. But yeah. you, you meet them in Miami, you yeah. bring them back to the hotel. You, you, <laughs> yeah. They turn taps on and off. Oh, they're, yes. They're blown away <laughs> with water that just comes out of a tap. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, super, super cute. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, because we didn't see where they were from. Um, the understanding of like worlds was harder. Like Mark and I both spent time in third world countries, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but having them in the hotel, um, yeah, it was total chaos. <laughs> total chaos. Light switches, toilets, soap. We went through so many shampoo and soap things. We had to just keep ordering it. Well, we didn't understand what they were saying, and they didn't understand what we were saying. And they were like, ah! And they, they, were just, <laughs> they saw beds and pillows, and oh my goodness. But while we were meeting them, um, we had to get our tests to go back home, and they tested positive. For COVID. Your yes. Co yeah. So you didn't so, just go pick them up. You had to no, go no, stay so there. Yet for, again, yeah. total change of plans. Um, and that was kind of scary. We had to tell Lisa and Kaylee that we weren't coming home. Our business had just three weeks started. Um, we were supposed to only be gone for three days. And we had COVID positive in our room. So that could have been up to 41 days if we just eventually kept all getting it. So... That was really hard, but I have to say in that time is where church was incredible. Um, I was given so many scriptures and so many words mm. and um, just help us. I don't know. So we've never really had an actual opportunity because it's just been chaos since then. But thank you, church family. That was an incredible time. It was really hard, but wow, this mm. is a pretty amazing church body. So thank you. So you finally get back home. Yep. You've got your adopted children. Uh, yeah. Lauren Shimomo are here. How's that, how's that go? I mean, it's <laughs> life's um, back to normal, right? <laughs> so we um, we get off the plane, which was very challenging, um, just flying and not understanding, and they're just in a totally totally different world. So that was I was exhausted by the end of the eleven days, and I bring them home, and I'll never forget that first night where all four children were finally under one roof, mm. and then I just thought, this feeling that I have, I've waited 20 years for, mm. and that was, that was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. That was neat. I'm so glad God gave me that one night, <laughs> or two <laughs> days, <laughs> because it, yeah. So you've got all the kids under one roof. Um, yep. How does it start going? Um, it, it was so, like, nothing can really prepare you for this, but it went so much harder than we thought. Um, Nick Harder was amazing, actually, with helping us like understand culture, but also um, language things. Um, but so that was awesome. He was is wonderful. But it was also the the trauma of everything that they've gone through that we actually didn't know. We just had one email. Um, that actually didn't even make sense to line up. We just had like one little paragraph about them, and that was it. So to understand... A paragraph to say this is who they are. This is who they are. Through. One's introverted, one extroverted. Um, you know, this is our schedule, and that's it. We tried to get more information, but nothing. Right. Nothing still to this day. Yeah. Um, and, and it was... They, they had some difficulty. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I would say the first... Um, 
halfway through the first week, we started to see just major, like, because Haiti had been, it's a very dangerous country, so um, you're on high alert. Like, the children were just so scared, so scared to go to the bathroom by themselves, like, so scared to go into a room by yourself, all during the time that we were trying to run the business. Like, I was, it, they were, well, six and seven, but more like two and three in a lot of ways. They wanted to be held all the time. So a lot of that is attachment, but a lot of that is everything is so scary. We went for a drive at night, and our daughter just freaked out because nighttime was always very dangerous in Haiti. So it's all those things that we just didn't know. We just kept getting blindsided um, by all these things. So it was hard, so hard. Yeah, and night in general wasn't easy. Night, no. So um, when you come to a safe place, you start to process your trauma, which we were so thankful for. Um, and just all, just all the change in their lives and in ours, but in theirs too. Um, I would say with two children, it was like five times a night, like, ah, like, ah, just the screams. Um, and, uh, and then it just jars you every time and you just go in and you pray and you can't understand them. They can't understand you. Um, that's, those days were super hard. Yeah. And eventually they're actually not even, they're, they're in your room. With you guys, yes. they, they can't sleep. With yeah, I had to lay, like it just breaks your heart. Um, I had to lay with my, with my arm hanging off the bed so that they could hold. Yeah, hold and then if I let go by accident, it was <laughs> like that. And it was more aimed at me until they had like attached to both Mark and I, so I was just exhausted, yeah. Yeah, so there was a season of no sleep. No sleep. New business. New business. Um, and blending families. That blending. was super hard. I wasn't yeah. prepared for that. That was harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, how, how are you dealing with all this stuff and what's, you know, everything that's going on? I mean, this is just a very small snapshot. I just want to say, I don't, you know, I'll speak on behalf of Caroline if I can for a moment. I phoned her last year, actually, mm. to say, hey, would you share <laughs> at our Mother's Day service about your experience? And that was quite the phone call. Um, it was hard. It was hard to hear what Caroline was going through and their family with the adoption. And it wasn't, it wasn't what we would think of a success story as. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of brokenness and pain and hurt. Um, there was literal sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. Like, they had not been sleeping. We had taken people over to their house and we prayed. I mean, it, it, but it, it was crazy what was going on. I don't know if you want to share any more or anything just to kind of... Um, yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think when in those moments of like st- stepping in obedience, because um, God had really called us to do this, I was totally thrown off by it's like we gave him our yes and then everything went wrong. Like, um, our, I mean, this part wasn't wrong. Our kids came home and that's awesome. But then our heat pump died, our freezer and our fridge died, our um, washing machine died. So if you can imagine February with children from Haiti in a 102-year-old house, like it was cold. So everything was just all of a sudden practically going wrong. And then, you know, with the, the business and just different things going on there and, you know, all the pressure of that. And, and then I just remember just going like, ah, like, God, God, this is too much. Like, I just remember massaging my head. And just saying, like, God, you did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I just kept praying sound mind over my mind because I was getting more and more and more sleep defri- deprived. And I was super fragile, and I could feel it. 
I remember um, telling Mark, I think it was like two or three months in, I'm like, don't let me drink. And he's like, what? I don't actually like alcohol that much except a good bottle of wine. I do like that. Um, but I remember thinking like just genetically that would be a bad idea for me. Um, and also I just knew that there was this deep desire to escape something. Like mm -hmm. it was so much chaos. Like, and the chaos was at night and during the day. Right. Like there was like flip outs that I didn't understand. There was screaming, yelling, clinging, holding. Like I just was just like, ah, and I just, um, yeah. It was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And now at the same time, I'm like, this wasn't what I envisioned at all. Like, at all. Like, this is so much so harder. disappointment. Yeah, disappointment like... and a little bit like, God, I gave you my yes, and this is what I get? This is awful. This is awful. I don't know if yeah. you want to even share a little bit about yeah. the car I, ride home. Yeah. So I had dropped Lisa and Kaylee off, and I'm sharing this story because it's, um, it's just really important that we be real in our mothering, and also um, just how important it is to to get sleep, actually, too. But also, um, but anyway, so I had dropped Lisa and Kaylee off here for some reason. I, it was all a blur. I, I don't even remember what event it was. And um, and Laura and Shimomo were in the truck with me, and um, wailing, which now we understand, like, every time we had said goodbye, Laura didn't know if it was permanent or not. That just breaks your heart. So she just mm. thought we had dropped Lisa and Kaylee off. Now that we know her more, so I mean, like, wailing, like, a, I don't know how to explain mm. that, like a trauma gut wail. And so I'm just rattled, um, not knowing, because she can't communicate either. And she's thinking these sisters of mine yeah, are gone. Yeah, that's the only this thing the that we can think. Yeah, so she was so confused, because it was their first kind of trip, well, not away, but, right. you know, um, after that two weeks of her being with us, or two or three. And um, and anyway, so I was just like totally rattled, and I went to get the mail um, on Herd Road. So Herd Road is pretty busy. And um, and there was the mailbox. So I was in the track, and then the mailbox was over here, but I had to get out to get to the mailbox like on the roadside. And so I was listening to the screaming and the yelling, and um, I think both of them now. So it was like super loud too. It wasn't like baby. It was like an eight-year-old mm. like screaming. So like, ugh. So I got out um, and I got the mail. And then I came around to the front of the truck and was like watching, you know, the traffic so I could get back in. And I'll never forget this moment. But I was waiting in the front of the truck um, to kind of peek around. And just this like soft... And you knew there was a car coming. Oh, yeah. So I was waiting for the traffic, and I saw this car coming. And this voice just, <laughs> this voice just tells me, like, step out. Just step out. It will be all over. You will be with Jesus. And I was like, for a split second, I just saw my leg go out and then, just get hit, and then I could be with my Savior. I just, I needed to escape so bad. Um, and in that moment, I so it was like just, I let it nest just for a split second, and then it was just like God just went, whoa. So I was like, whoa, what was that? Like I almost, it was so deceiving. It was so deceiving, but it was sleep deprivation, and it was like total chaos. Like 
Um, so I just remember thinking, what's happening to me? Like, what's happening? So then I went, I was like, whoa. So I went in the truck, and I, the kids were still wailing. I, um, I then went to the house. I hopped out, threw my, key, my keys on the bench, and I could hardly make it. And I just went onto our bed. <laughs> I'll never forget this moment. The kids were just like, because oh, I hadn't really let them see my side of me yet, because I just tried to be so like, oh, you're okay, and you know, this and this. But I just lost it. I just totally lost it. I was in the fetal position just screaming. And then I just said to God, I will never give you my yes again. I will never give you my yes again. And as I was praying that, I just really felt this, this um, get it out. Just get it all out. Get it all out. So I just, look. I just was everything, all the waiting, all the infertility, all the anger, all, everything, everything flew out. And I was just a mess. Like, I, you know, when you have like a, I call it a spirit cry, like a, or like a sob. I just like, bleh. And then in that moment, it was just like this moment of, I felt like he was like right there with me. It was probably my most incredible God moment yet. Um, and I felt like Jesus was saying, my child, my child. And it was like I could sense him crying too. And it wasn't like he was saying, I'm just going to change your situation. And, you know, oh, you poor thing. And, and, and no, it was more like, I'm so sorry that it's this hard. And I'm, it was just such a beautiful moment. And as I was lying there, it was almost like this warm oil poured on me. I know that sounds really weird, but I, it was such a beautiful, beautiful, warm, like as I was just laying there, the kids were still like this. <laughs> and, um, and I just, after that warm oil, it was just like, I just stopped. I couldn't make, even make myself cry. It was the most mm. beautiful moment ever. And then I just got up and I just gave them a hug and said, we're going to get through this. And it was a turning point. I love that. I love that. Jesus wept with you. Yeah. Didn't I've say, I'm going to make it all it. better. Yeah. I'm going to cry with yeah. you. Yeah, he didn't, like, and it actually still did get some, you know, harder days yeah. for sure. It wasn't like it was all better. Yeah, but I really was like, but I know he's with me in the storm because he said that, and he is. So it's been lots of dark days, but there's been some good days. Oh, yeah. There's been some really good days um, when uh, this was so, so special. So Jesus in Creole is Jezi. So, um, that Creole is the language that Laura and Shimomo um, spoke in Haiti. And so um, I think we were home about a month, and uh, Shimomo was with Mark, which was great that he was starting to warm up to his really big dad because <laughs> he was a bit scared of, <laughs> of Mark at the very beginning. <laughs> and one this really small mom, and that was kind of weird. But anyway, so um, Mark was holding him, and then he just he goes, Mama, like this. And I'm like, oh. And then he's like, he puts his arm around me, and he already had his arm around Mark, and he just puts our bodies together, and he's like, Messi, so thank you, merci. Messi, Jesse for Mama and Papa. Messi, Jesse for Mama and Papa. Wow. Wow. And that was just like, <laughs> so it made all the hard moments just, it just melt. It was just the ups and downs of the the adoption. And, and there's even been like dreams that they've had of Jesse. Yeah, um, so... We were sitting at the breakfast table one day, and Shemomo, he's very funny, and and he sits there and he says, oh, I don't, I don't see Jezzy, and I said, Oh, and then he says, Laura saw Jezzy, and I said, Really? And um, and he's like, We, oui. and then I said, Oh, Laura, and I said, 
And, and she was the one that had the most to work through. So I just think that the tenderness of Jesus is so beautiful that he, he restores and he redeems. And, and anyway, so, um, and she's the, I said, Laura, did you, did you see Jesse? Oui. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah, in my dream, I don't know if she said the word dream because I think I said it. So her English wasn't amazing yet. Right. And then she just says, um, she said, yeah, I saw him. And then I said, what did he look like? And then she says, like the soleil. And it was the way she did, like the soleil, like the sun. And it was so beautiful, just the way her face was. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I said, and what did he say? And then, um, and then there was a bit of a pause. And then, and then uh, she says, kind of, do not be afraid. And wow. that was so beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe just some, you know, kind of wrapping it up here, things you maybe want to just speak to any moms today and just how, maybe some verses and, um, and then we'll kind of wrap it up by just kind of, you know, how God really ministered to you. One of the ways that God kind of ministered to you through song. But yeah. so yeah, anything that you wanted to say to, to moms, um, any scriptures that you kind of want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone has a story. Everyone has dreams in their heart. Um, and sometimes our story goes way different than we think. But to not lose heart and that Jesus sees you and hears you, um, and he sees the whole picture. A lot of the pain that I had earlier has also, I also have now two children um, that I did not birth part of our family. And that is so beautiful too. Like he sees the whole story. And he's writing it. And uh, there was times where I was mad, and that's okay. And there was times where it's like wrestling with God, and that's okay. But don't stay there. Mm. Um, just choose to trust. And I wrote down some, some scriptures through all those years that really helped me. So I just wanted to read them to you. Um, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. Um, that part really meant a lot, that he sees everything, the joy and the sorrow, because the sorrow is very real. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. Um, never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you, what he says he does. Yeah. And then you also had mentioned just, uh, I remember when we were chatting this week, just the importance of somehow staying connected to the Lord, whatever. So for you, it was music, it was song. Yeah. That kind of just helped you mm -hmm. get through it. And for others, you know, others of us, it's like, I got to get out into creation or whatever it might be. Find a way to stay mm -hmm. connected. Yeah, it is essential through storms in life and just any. And mothering is hard, whether um, whatever your journey in that may look like, it is hard so just, um, I've just really learned to really take that time, even if it's 10 minutes, um, just get that time with God, because he really is our strength and our shield. He's the only one that totally gets it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was a song in particular that kind of ministered to you. We're going to actually play it. Yeah. Um, and what we want to do is, um, we actually want to just conclude our service. We're going to just, you can just, you're just going to listen to the song in just a moment. We're just going to play it for you. The words are very, it's not very long. It's very, you should be able to hear it pretty clearly with what they're communicating, saying. And then we want to take a moment and uh, we want to pray for moms, specifically this morning. 
Um, uh, we want to just give you opportunity to receive prayer. We've asked some, some other moms to come and be available to help pray. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll have the team come back up after this song as well. Um, before the song, you, wanted to, you just had it on your heart to pray as well over the moms. Do you want to pray now? And then sure. when Caroline's done, we'll just uh, we'll play that song. Well, it'll just be the audio that we'll play. Sure. Okay. Lord, I just, I thank you. I thank you for Mother's Day. Lord, I thank you that you also, Jesus, you also had a mama. And that is so Mm -hmm. special. You know um, the love of a mother too. Um, God, I just pray for every mother here in every season that they may be in whether it's the pain of not having children um, and anything in between, God. Um, Lord, I just pray that you continue what you've started in these mamas' hearts. Give them grace. Give them strength. Lord, um, if anyone does feel a stir for adoption, God, may you just confirm that to their heart. God, I just pray you'll move amongst the mamas Lord, thank you that you were with me in my disappointment and in my confusion and um, that you are the Savior and that you see our whole story. God, you are so faithful, and I just pray that these moms will know your deep love for them today yes, God. and your faithfulness in their lives. Lord, give them extra grace and strength mm-hmm. for themselves and also for their children. Mm-hmm. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Duncan Pentecostal Church, located here in Duncan, British Columbia, on beautiful Vancouver Island. At DPC, we believe in teaching the whole Bible to build whole believers who can impact the whole world. For more information about us, find us online at www.duncanchurch.com or Find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Duncan Pentecostal Church. Have a great day.